Chapter Two of A Month on the Norfolk Broads on board the Wherry Zoe and its tender, the Tub Lotus, by Walter Rye. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Beckles to Yarmouth. Off we were accordingly early next morning, making the best of the tide, which, though slight, was useful and got away just after breakfast the water-side of beckles town is as pretty and quaint as it well can be with its old gardens sloping down to the river with quiet little summer-houses and boat-houses where lurk all manner and sorts of water-vehicle from the steam-launch to the water velocipede a wonderful specimen of which of indigenous manufacture is on view here here is solved in an easy and natural way the question of how to give odds at lawn tennis for the courts are on the slope of the little hill and the top court must be worth thirty and a bisque to anybody we had to hold our noses again on passing the tanneries for though the natives making the best of a bad job affect to delight in the odour and assert that they have an acquired taste for the smell we had not directly we got through the two bridges one for the rail and the other for the road we were in the open country all to the right is the rate-paying fen the property and glory of the town but to our left are some well-wooded mounds they call them hills here which lasted till we nicked through the swing bridge of the railway just as the red flag was being hoisted for an approaching train these swing bridges form a very exciting element in the river sailing one maybe is carrying on with a fair wind and the red flag is down and keeps down till perhaps three hundred yards from the bridge and then up it goes to a chorus of anathemas from all on board or perhaps the flag is up from the moment you catch sight of it and you hold on hoping against hope and hallowering fit to strain your throat and have at the last moment to put about and go round not so easy a job in a big boat in a narrow river of course sometimes there is the perilous delight of seeing the porters trot to the windlass and begin to open just as you are almost up to the obstruction and then if you are plucky you keep on and perhaps just scrape through with your gaff touching the bridge as it swings reminding one of marmion bolting over the douglas's drawbridge just as it trembled on the rise however we got through this time all right and were soon bearing along under the higher ground on the top of which oldby priory stands there is nothing much to see but we had great difficulty in restraining our american ally from going on shore to see it 
as being the first bona fide ruin he had had a chance of inspecting however we promised him a much better one soon and consoled him somewhat by telling that the church was dedicated to st Fercius, and that taywell the quaker murderer who was the first victim of the electric telegraph was born there all of which i saw the antiquary getting up out of the guide-book and retailing as if he had known it all along just about here the poet began to get sentimental and for the next hour or so continued to hum a statement that he could ne'er forget that autumn day upon the beckles river to a well-known but somewhat monotonous tune from which fatima who seemed a judge of symptoms of this sort wisely opined that we were passing some spot endeared to our friend by some pleasant memories as turned out to be the fact from after his confession over his third whisky and soda that night when after passing some pretty wood which hangs above the low marsh level we got to borough st peter we brought up at the little stave by the waveney arms for our friends declined to pass the curious church without a more close inspection of its strange tower than we could get from the boat a telescopic looking edifice it is too rising in tiers from bottom to top like nothing else any of us had ever seen but the antiquary rather sniffed at it for he affirmed it was nearly all modern and built up out of the ruins of an earlier tower in the churchyard are a lot of tombstones to the boycott family a boycott still is the parson here and a good parson and fine waterman too he is and another is the captain boycott of ireland whose name has enriched our language with another verb from the churchyard we got a capital view over the great stretch of rich marshland below and after looking at a little ruined chapel in a field near the church the history of which no one can trace we took a turn inland as far as the farm where the landowner lives and then strolled back the antiquary enthusiastically blowing his trumpet as being a man who had just carefully restored some old half-timbered houses at st john's norwich at a greater cost than would have built new houses we chaffered for some vegetables and fruit at the waveney arms and got some milk as a favour forgetting that we should not want any till we got to alton and that then we could always get it and came down to the waterside to the boats and lunch a continuous banging had been taking place while we were away from the river and we soon found out what had been causing it for the athlete and fatterman had been trying the patterns of their respective guns against the end of a shed when the latter was mightily disgusted to find that neither barrel of his thirty guinea double 
made as good a pattern as a little single which had cost the athlete only a trifle over three pounds lunch over nothing would suit our young friend but that he should walk over to lowestoft by the three miles and sixteen styles route a route i cannot recommend to travellers from lowestoft late at night unless they have a boat hidden up somewhere for otherwise as the waveney arms goes to bed at about eight thirty they may have to stop all night on the rond or walk back to lowestoft while at borough the poet told us a story of how a winter or two before he was cruising in these waters and was offered a day's rabbit shooting in a pit warranted not to have been shot for years and to simply swarm with rabbits which it would be a real kindness to the farmer to shoot of how on reaching the pit the first thing he saw was an empty beer bottle and about twenty used cartridges of how though the ferrets went in no rabbits came out save one which he shot within a foot of the hole of how the ferreter could not find that rabbit though he the poet through the thick brambles saw it turn over and die and of how later on at lunch the poet found it in the ferreter's bag and substituting three brickbats therefore carried it off in triumph more also he told of how a native coming on board on a winter's evening stayed too long and leaving convivially walked right up to his neck in a ditch of such excessive muddiness that when he was visited in his turn next morning at the farmhouse his clothes were seen standing up against the kitchen fireplace stiff and strong as a suit of armour after lunch we sailed on and turned hard up to the right towards alton round the marsh called whitesley said by some to be the finest snipe ground in england someone told the tale as a fact that it had been shot over so much that if you took any cubic yard of its surface and sifted the soil you would get an ounce of shot from it this the liar promptly capped with a statement that he knew a snipe bog in ireland so full of shot that the natives drove loads through it to work the lead i fancy neither story was literally true by a curving river we tacked rather slowly towards alton broad and when we got on to it the antiquary was careful to point out a little house nestling in a clump of trees to the left as the place where george borrow lived the last years of his life opening on to the broad which never seems a broad to me for though it has the waving reeds you can see houses and roofs everywhere we found it nearly full of yachts of all sorts the further end being packed so closely that we had great difficulty in picking our way through but by special luck and favour 
at last got a mooring off a wherry discharging corn alongside the sheds by the coal wharf which sheltered us nicely from the blazing sun the first thing we saw was a cat belonging to the wharf walked deliberately into the water after a dead fish which having been thrown overboard by fishermen as unsizable had washed up in among the rack and weeds which one always sees at the leeward end of a lake anything more comic than the animal looked with its fur plastered down close to its thin body we had never seen and fatima was so delighted that she rewarded the thing with all our milk and half a box of sardines grey mullet are said to abound in alton but i never saw any and as it is admitted on all hands that they are never caught they might as well not be there at all we strolled up to the post office to see if there were any letters though as we had not told anyone we were coming here and expected none the journey was a somewhat objectless one however any excuse will do for a stroll and though we found no letters we bought a dutch cheese and in the exuberance of our spirits played bowls with it on the highway till we were somewhat disconcerted by seeing it come into halves one of which went into one and the other into the other ditch it having been previously cut and joined together again for sale then the athlete jumped a wall into someone's garden and out over some palings to the delight of fatima who had not seen anything of the sort before and while she went on board to array herself in costume number four we too looked in at the lady of the lake to inspect the grapevine which wanders over the kitchen wall and ceiling and at the wherry inn to glance at the papers and inspect the stuffed birds in the very pleasant ground-floor reading-room of that hostelry we arranged to walk over to lowestoft and do some marketing there so we took the footpath by the muddy estuary dignified by the name of lake loathing but which used to be mutford broad the path is along the edge of some melancholy saltings and past a genuine stink manufactory a small hammersmith soapworks in its way and then keeps along the railway till it loses itself in a wild confusion of timber heaps piles of sleepers and rails stacks of wood railway wagons boat builders yards and old smacks a most casual path indeed and one to be avoided at night but it brought us at last out by lowestoft station and we soon found our way to the sea here fatima made the profound observation that if she did not look at the houses or the pier but looked out straight at the horizon the sea reminded her greatly of the sea at baltimore with which opinion we none of us had any difficulty in agreeing the pier pleased her there was no one half as well dressed on it as she was 
and our rather dirty flannels and blazers rather set off her gorgeousity and as she showed no disposition to hasten away the poet and i left her to begin our victualling up the town previously to this i had noticed in him a recurrence of the plaintive melancholy which had occurred on the beckles river and on cross-examination he admitted that many years ago he had proposed to and been accepted by an extremely nice girl with long hair and dazzling teeth as they sat under a particular part of the pier indeed he went so far as to collect a small handful of the sand and place it carefully as a memento of the fact in his coat pocket whence later in the day having forgotten the episode he ejected it with profane remarks being under the impression that i had placed it there further cross-examined he stated she had jilted him in about six months but denied with some warmth that it was because he sent her too much poetry up the interminable high street of lowestoft we sauntered very leisurely indeed for it was very hot and soon ordered what we wanted for the shops are numerous good and fairly cheap and our colleagues being especially fond of fruit and tomatoes we carefully remembered them just as we were coming back we ran across a portentous boar known to both of us in london who fastened on us with avidity he was got up amazingly and how it was he liked to be seen with us in our homely and seedy rowing flannels i cannot imagine however he stuck to us like a leech worrying us with his vapid remarks and stale yarns till driven to desperation by his volunteering to come back with us to alton and see our boats i boldly walked into a greengrocer's shop and brought two ropes of onions and slung them across my left shoulder acting on this hint the athlete was not long before he brought a large leg of mutton and carried it away by the shank bone raw red and unsightly steadfastly refusing to have it put into paper the boar shuddered and showed symptoms of leaving us so to clinch matters i at once brought three pounds of pork sausages and carried them away in my hand here he broke and fled with a feeble promise to come and see us later on and we were rid of him a block of ice for our yankee friends was our last purchase and having picked them up we went back by train to alton and dinner a pleasant though showery evening was spent pottering about the broad in and out the yachts and under the boat-builders yards and looking over a big pleasure steam yacht which belonged to a great norwich commercial magnate but which did not seem half as comfortable as our wherry the next day was sunday which we spent mostly at lowestoft having our early dinner at the hotel after church 
and then walking towards pakefield along the cliff monday morning we retraced our way into the waveney or beckles river and continued our northerly course towards the real broads the other side of yarmouth when we got to Summerleyton railway bridge we nearly came to grief in the lotus for a tug which had got an immensely long string of barges in tow met us taking up nearly all the river stretching across with its flotilla almost from one bank to the other said tungate that's a rare hard job to tow they loiters to the bridge some of them keep straighter now but most of them keep shalin about which was the first bit of norfolk dialect fatterman had ever heard and brought forth a lecture to him from the antiquary in which the latter pointed out that nearly all the real americanisms were imported direct from norfolk and suffolk and inter alia quoted from formby's glossary of east anglia kinder reckon and many others he might have pointed out that b too is purely east anglian soon after we caught sight of haddiscoe railway bridge alongside which is a long low range of hills covered with heather which comes out with startling contrast with the dead flat green marshes and reed beds and we concluded that it grew on a jutting mass of some formation very different to the silt and mud of our river here we ran up to the fixed road bridge over the river at st olives but did not go under as the wind and tide did not suit us so lay alongside without lowering and filled up our time with a stroll round the old danish named town with its bits of old wall and quaint houses and a visit to fritton decoy a very lovely place this is much more secluded and is more like a broad but being surrounded by hilly birch woods should be more properly called a lake for a broad proper should be almost dead level with the ground so that nothing or next to nothing can be seen from its surface but water and reeds the decoy we were unable to see and of course it would not then have been worth seeing equally of course we did not spare our friends the old jokes made by the parson here for example how when transplanted from norfolk to suffolk he said he felt suffocated and so forth for the rest of which we will in mercy refer our readers to the guide-books tide virtually served but wind was fairer for the cut than the river at least so our skippers said though how when one looks at the map that could have been i don't know i rather fancy they wanted to stop at Reedham instead of passing the night moored alongside the rond in a place distant from public housing but if this was their idea it came to nothing for we sailed the cut nicely enough 
deposited our shilling toll in the net at the end of the fishing rod and wholly disbelieved the liar's story that he had once had a tow from a train in the railway which runs alongside the cart and resisting suggestions to turn to Reedham, left it on our close left ran down some miles to the head of Braden water and turning again into the waveney lay nearly at its mouth opposite borough castle one of the best preserved roman camps in england by this time it was dark and we were hungry so we soon had the ronde stove alight on the short grassy bank and were cooking the dish of steak and tomatoes which was to be the mainstay of our dinner while the lighter food was being attended to on the zoe next morning opened smurry wet and yet not actually rainy and when we crossed the river running like a mill-stream by the way at its mouth and got up the bank to the top of the camp we did not have anything like a good view over the marsh country as we hoped to have had however we had a very vivid explanation of the whole affair from the antiquary and if i fancied i detected a remarkable similarity between his statements and those of the late mr harrod in his castles and convents i have no doubt his views were sounder from that fact than they would otherwise have been our co-trippers of course wanted to break off pieces of the walls to take back to america but were sternly repressed by the antiquary who stated that he had a character to lose a fact of which we informed him we had been hitherto unaware they were however graciously allowed by him to carry off such fragments as had fallen of their own accord and laid in a large assorted stock which we subsequently found useful for throwing at water rats up the north river i mention this fact as it may explain the discovery of undoubted roman masonry on the banks by stokesby some day and thereby save someone from theorising as to a lost station there while wandering among the ruins the poet who is great in word-painting fell to describing how the roman sentinel must have felt as he passed along the top of the grey wall and looked out over the weary waste of waters and how grand his thoughts must have been as he felt himself the representative of that nation which etc etc but was met by a counter-suggestion from the athlete that in all human probability he did nothing of the sort but walked along wearily humming a snatch of some not too narrow song he had heard when he was last in some roman lupinaire and thinking how long it would be before he could grease his side curl jauntily cock his helmet and stroll off accidentally of course to the back door of the grange under the hill to receive from the hands of some slavey whatever was the ancient substitute for rabbit pie or cold mutton this view was however 
voted abominable and low and entirely disbelieved as was an attempt on the part of the liar to make us believe that a fossil italian organ-grinder had recently been found behind one of the towers it was almost low water across Braden, so we should have had not much room to tack had tacking been necessary but luckily it was not and we crossed with a light wind on a perfectly smooth lake-like surface in the most lotus-eating sort of way the quiet and lazy style of moving seemed to affect the poet who began softly and sentimentally murmuring braden water braden water oh the pleasant place to be in a way which though it purported to plagiarise kingsley we were led to believe from his manner was only his way of drawing our attention to the fact that he had suffered from some affair of the heart crossing this water a terribly dangerous man in his own small way was our poet if you believed him but we gradually concluded that as far as amatory anecdotes were concerned he could give the liar fourteen pounds and a beating at his own game we were a long while crossing and the white posts that marked the sailing channel seemed interminable of course we wasted a pea-rifle cartridge or two at the innumerable gulls and rooks which lined the banks but hit nothing at such a range equally of course the poet who was trusted with the helm of the lotus put that vessel fast and firm on the knock a sandbank to the left of the bowling green and for the first time in our lives we were glad of the help of some of the pirates as the loafers are called who hang round the shore and who put off hastily to salvage us we however kept them at bay with quants till a reasonable remuneration was agreed on and we were not long in mooring outside the zoe off the bowling green inn it is wonderful by the way what poor mooring there is for pleasure traffic at yarmouth yachts receive delicate reminders that they are not wanted if they go much seaward of the bowling green and take up moorings wanted for business ships and if you don't stay where we did you must go up the bure to the lime kilns where you are at the mercy of all the loafers and noisy children in the place who can walk right on board you we fared hardly better for arriving early we soon had shrimp boats and fisher boats of all sorts moored outside us the occupants of which by prescriptive right used our boats as a thoroughfare to the shore all night and much of the early morning as several were drunk and all wore heavy boots this was not conducive to repose but i will say this that i did not hear a single bad word all that night End of chapter two